When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- bombas.com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. This episode will be as smooth and sexy as warm, concentrated tomato juice pouring down the bosom of the one that you love. We saw Ninja 3, so you know what that means. Now it's time for How Did This Get Made? We're gonna have a good time, celebrate some failure, not just be a hater. Did you know you wonder how did this get made? Let's wallow in the mediocrity of subpar art. Perhaps we'll find the answer to the question, how did this get made? Hello, people of Earth. It is I, Tall John Shear, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? Uh, we are still in our quarantine edition, and we are so excited to be here with you tonight talking about Ninja 3, The Domination, the third in the... Uh, <laughs> in the Ninja series that has no relation to the previous two. If you've not seen the movie, I recommend you stop what you're doing right now and watch it immediately. But if you need a little cliff notes, I'll tell you this. Uh, A world-famous ninja, or deadly ninja, I should say, uh, goes on a murderous rampage and then transfers his spirit into the body of a telephone worker who then goes out to avenge all the people that killed him. Anyway, we got a lot to unpack, and we're going to do it with my two amazing co-hosts. Please welcome Mr. Jason Manzoukas. How are you, Jason? Wow. Paul, uh, I'm not going to lie. This was pretty wild. This was uh, some next-level crazy. This was basically like watching... um, This was essentially like watching a ninja movie, Flashdance, and The Exorcist all at the same time, and I have to report, I am here for all of it. I 100% agree with you. When I saw the Canon Group logo appear on screen, I was like, oh, hello, old friend. I can't wait for whatever you've cooked up because it's, <laughs> it's going to so be true. so true. I wrote it down, Canon exclamation point in my notes. Oh, I'm so excited. And uh, I want to now introduce my other co-host, um, Please welcome June Diane Rayfield. How are you, June? 
I'm doing okay, Paul. I really am. I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. You know, <laughs> you said something that I thought was really telling in the in the middle of this film. You turned to me and said, I like this movie. <laughs> I, Jason, I'm so happy to see you, by the way. I see Paul every day, but I'm just so happy to see you um, over this, not to break the fourth wall, but we are on a Zoom call all looking at each other. Although, Paul, you, your eyeline has been really weird. You're staring straight ahead. I'm talking into, I'm talking into my microphone. Oh, I see. Okay, smart. Um, I was so nervous when I saw the opening titles and like you, Jason, I was here for all of it. The insanity, the hair, yes, yes. The, the carpeted gyms, the neon um, light in her apartment. <laughs> oh, I, that I apartment. could spend roughly five hours on her apartment alone. By the way, let's start doing uh, episodes of this uh, bonus episodes of this podcast where we just go through beat frame, by beat. Honestly, piece by Jason, piece. I want to go frame by frame. Why wasn't I, there? I could talk for an hour simply about the gigantic vent, spinning vent. That is meant to be outdoors. That is atop so, her fridge. Okay. I mean, here's my question. Here's my question. Yes. Okay. That space we cannot call it a living quarters. It, it was fashioned to be a. I thought the woman who were first introduced to you. I mean, I know we're jumping all over the place. Was her roommate? But I don't think it was. I think she was the only person living there. Yeah. Every- I mean, my question is like, what is the what is the use of that space supposed to be? Is oh. that a commercial space? Is that a I boiler believe, room? I believe she lives in like a discarded airplane <laughs> hangar. It's so large. She is living in such a large place. And June pointed out something to me that I could never take my eyes off of once I saw it, which was in her bathroom across from her shower. There was a demented like half mutated baby coming out so of a upset. bloody crib. Really? Yes, is like a doll. Set design, could, is there if, any way we it, could pull that up to look at it all together, Paul? I mean, um, I feel like the people at no, home won't get a chance to see it. I just need to see it again. There Hold was on. So this not since Look Who's Talking To when we were, or whatever the Look Who's Talking was that we became obsessed with all the set decoration, the basket on yeah. the wall. Well, Multiple Action baskets. Jackson, too. Not since then have I been so consumed with, oh, what did they do? <sighs> what There was so much neon. It was like, really? I mean, it when they say they were like, do flash dance times 10. Yeah. You know, because it yep. felt like that industrial space. There's school lockers. It's like, it basically feels Cement like a big blocks, open yeah. loft space. But- By the way, do we, I just want to let you guys know that this actress who is the star of this film was the star of Breakin' and Breakin' 2. Oh, yes. So, so they definitely knew that she was going to come in and, and do this. She's uh, going like, to come correct. Yeah, she's going to come correct, and they know they have to give her a little bit of dancing time. Oh, my God, there now, it is. Okay, now what am I looking at here? You're looking at a demented baby. I've just pulled yeah. up the, the, the demented baby coming out of a crib. Now as I've paused it, it's a demented baby coming out of a chair, it looks like. And it's underneath a, uh, a tuba, like a tuba, next to a mini couch that looks like and it's a, for and like a tiny a radiator. Do you know how how big a radiator would have to be to fill the space that she lives in? 
And the crazy thing about this space is there's, again, we're staring at cement blocks. It's all different shades. It's mainly different shades of gray. But then there were also giant plants everywhere. The, the, her living space was, I, I, I only want to talk about her living space. Also, what why did thing? she bring Billy the cop back here and take a shower and come out and seduce him? Well, I think that he I mean, proved why his not? worth. I, I got I have so many plot questions that I need to ask that are like I, I do wanna I could continue to talk about her living space for conservatively six hours. <laughs> but I really wanna know like what is this movie about? Who are the heroes? Who are the villains? Like well, what is the story? Ugh. Also, we never find out I loved the opening sequence in which the ninja loved it during Amazing. the day. Loved I, it. Very rare ninja very daytime sight. Very rare. And very it was rare. Fascinating. When I saw ninjas in bushes in yes. the it, it, it looked like it was like maybe one o'clock. Yes. Every ninja that comes out or a ninja fight happens in broad daylight and they are not stealthy at all. They make a lot of noise. They're throwing a lot of shit. They they are they're basically the loudest seem, there is, ninjas I've ever seen. There's never one scene, in fact, in which a ninja is being a ninja at night. I don't nope. think. Which oh, is wow, that's interesting. Which is traditionally what we understand to be the whole point of ninjas, which is the black outfits, absolute stealth, silent footsteps. You know what I mean? Like this nope. is like, that's what their whole selling point is. Well, let me just bring this back. The movie opens, uh, we're on a golf course because this ninja goes to like a, a tomb in a place that I can only call outside of Culver City in Los Angeles yep. to uncover, uh, I guess, some secret weapons. He goes to this golf course. Okay, can I, can yeah. I pause you for one second? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, a ninja goes into a cave. Mm-hmm. Pull, pushes aside a rock, Got which it. has from underneath mystical illumination mm-hmm. and just tons of ninja weapons laying there. It looks like a mix between like an Apple store and like uh, a MedMen store. So, like it's, it's very nicely laid out. What it's, is that? Because they're also when she then goes later, that thing appears to have replenished itself with more ninja weapons. I have a feeling and that also, outside why of. Is, sorry, Paul, but why is it in Culver City? Well, that's I was going to say, I feel like this ninja temple where ninjas are training outside of Culver City uh, <laughs> is, I think, the source of some sort of mysticality. Um, and this ninja, we find out later, this ninja who goes in this brutal killing spree in the beginning um, kills, a, kills scientist. a scientist. Yeah, why? a scientist. Why? Did we ever find out why he killed the scientist? Well, no. I mean, here's no. my biggest problem with this film, right? This ninja kills an innocent man. We don't know what the scientist does. If, if the scientists are good or bad, we don't know. Kills an innocent man, then kills like half of the Beverly Hills Police Department. And then um, he is- As if is they're a, bad guys. Right. He kills and, them as if they are villains. And unquestionably, they are just doing their job. He has assassinated a, a, a scientist on the golf course. But here's my question. The whole movie is about this bad ninja seeking vengeance for the people who killed him. It's like, no, you're a bad dude, man. That's what you know? I mean. That's what I couldn't figure out. I think the ninja that's inside of her is the villain of the movie. A 100%. 
Right, but I never understood what his motivation. We never find out why he killed the scientist. Maybe Hold it was on. for a noble cause. Maybe it wasn't. Hold on, but, June. Were you yes. having trouble with that concept? Because I heard you say it again. <laughs> the ninja that's inside of her. Yeah. No, I I understand. I'm trying to okay. remember. Yeah, I understand. I I I think it's so it's so hard because I didn't I didn't really ever know what any of the ninjas wanted. I agree. And when we get the flashback to when I patch and the gray ninja are having their last fight, Hurrah. I don't know, some yeah. long period of time ago in the forest, it also doesn't help illustrate. It just sets up the fact that they are enemies, but it doesn't help us illustrate who which is good and which is bad. You know, I don't know who I'm rooting for. I want to be rooting for the I mean, woman was, who is possessed. I was rooting for Eye Patch at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, Eye Patch so. who has Eye Patch who has an eye patch that looks like an eye has been pulled out of the socket. Like he has a little like the the decoration on the front of his eye patch was really disturbing to me because it's like a like I don't know how to describe it like um a, like a clamshell opening or something. It's like it's it, Ooh, it was like that kind of like a, a vagina. Yeah, are you saying well, I, like a, an eye? I was gonna, I was going to say a vagina, and then I was like, you know what? Let me just kind of figure out let a me, different let me way class to describe this up. it. That's that's. Uh, I'll leave it to Jason to parse that out. I just feel like that eye patch is calling a lot more attention to the fact that he has an eye patch. You're staring into it deeply because I'm trying to figure out what is on there. Like what? Well, it's also not a- for me, the both the fact that he is wearing an eye patch and dressed in all black is signifying that he is the villain, right? These exactly. are classic movie tropes to tell us he's the bad guy. But yet they call the other guy the black ninja. Yes. Right? <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. 
I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to talk about two things. Yes, she was possessed by the Black Ninja because when he handed her his sword while she was working on a telephone pole, um, <laughs> by the way, she is uh, she is a telephone pole repairman oh, uh, the which same thought, way that jessica beals in um or, the, or the, rather oh, that jennifer beals Person. is like a steel worker in flash dance this woman works for like the city as an electrical uh repairman she she woman woman uh, sorry person. repair woman uh, thank you Jim. She, she uh gets the sword and at that moment you see some sort of transfer of power and i'm like okay i understand it the, the ninja now has put himself inside of her vessel. And now she's going to become the ninja. So in a couple inside scenes... Inside of her vessel? Is that <laughs> I mean, what, are you know, we just going to let that go by? You know, I just want to class it up Inside here. of her vessel. Oh, he's that's inside like a, of that's her a vessel. Phrase, that's a phrase that I feel like could be a pickup line. <laughs> Please let me get inside your Ooh, vessel. I'd I'm a black to, ninja. I'd love to... Store something inside of your vessel. All you need to do is grab this sword. <laughs> so when he does do that, I thought the transformation was complete. But then about five minutes later, her giant video game machine comes on. Lights come out of the video game machine like she's going to go into Tron and hypnotize her again. I'm like, wait a second. Is the video game machine also possessed or is he inside the video game also machine? there's oh light God. that comes out from the doors beneath her sink that seems to be compelling you know and then she tries to close those <laughs> then she tries to turn on music and dance the possession <laughs> away it out. She, tries she tries it a couple times fight, she tries to fight instead of fleeing her home which is which is having like like the the house is shaking and it's chaotic it feels and like it feels like she, the scene in, from ghostbusters it yeah. feels like that scene, you know, it's like it would be as if they walked in. The mother walked in on the in during the exorcist, during the scene when she's like her head is twisting around and instead was like, why don't we put on your favorite song and have a dance party? <laughs> Jason, all she knows how to do is dance because not only is she uh, a telephone uh, repair worker, but she also is a jazzercise instructor. Listen, part -time. If I was her that you have to understand she's lived in that nightmare of an apartment for that long i mean if she has already <laughs> sat within the horrors of that apartment that crazy demonic like mo moment is not going to make her leave yeah i mean here's the thing though that i'm troubled by because you both are talking about good ninjas bad ninjas and and maybe this is ultimately where i net out because i did not think that ninjas in general were good we're forces oh. of good in the world. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Interesting. I, 
Hmm, interesting. I mean, we, I will say you're right in the sense that more often than not, ninjas are like a horde of faceless enemies that are considered bad, right? Let's be, you know, okay, let's not love uh, everybody you, together you know, like, like that. that's well, like, you super know, super skilled, but sent out to do the... To they do... are like nighttime assassins. They're assassins. You know, uh, is or, what they are. Or like Twitch streamers. That's how I always view it. When I hear like the word ninja, I'm thinking like, He's on Twitch. He's having fun. He's <laughs> he's shirts off, having cool times. That guy, sure, right? Is that why your shirt is off what, during this Zoom? What that means. Yeah. Are you? Just also, are we on Twitch right now, <laughs> guys? We're um, streaming on Twitch, talking about ninjas. But it by is the way, true, I like, typed in ninja yeah. uh, to find out what ninja is, and literally, ninja the gamer is the first thing that pops up. Ninja is under ninja the gamer. What do you in mean? Google. What is Ninja like, the Gamer? What's Ninja, Ninja the Gamer? The, oh, that's what I was saying. There's the, the most famous gamer on Twitch is called Ninja. Oh. His name is Ninja. I'm sorry, you guys. You know what? I, I didn't even get that. Re- I Wow. I didn't even get so, that reference. Okay. So How that's where I was How are you on right. Twitch? And by the way, I have heard of Twitch and I've been on Twitch once. But what is it? It's streamy. Uh, it streams yes. video games. It streams other people playing video games. It's like a streaming platform, predominantly for like, right, Paul, esports yes. type stuff. Yes, it's okay. sports, and now it's kind of grown, and you can play games on there. It's it's basically uh, a television studio in a way. It's you know people come on for personalities in their shows. Uh, some people here on the Earwolf Network have their own shows there, and uh, it's it's quite fun. I mean, it could really be whatever you want it to be. Got it. Okay. Okay. That well, makes me feel very old, but okay. Yes. I don't think that's for me. But so I think I would love I it if June Wait, June you are you telling me a goal to become like a huge Twitch presence in the next well, year? No, I did watch someone on Twitch build a, like a tiny dollhouse and it was it was something I sort of had wait, on in the background. When wait, were you Wait, wait. A you tiny were on Twitch. Aren't when were you on... already pretty small? <laughs> I just want to I want to back into this. When were you on Twitch? Because that Don't has worry to be about it. No, wait. I, I'm so curious about how you got on Twitch. You can't even turn on Hulu without was, some help. I was told by a friend that she was going to be on Twitch okay. building a small some small tiny furniture. <laughs> if anybody wanted to go see her do it, she was going to be working on it for the next couple hours. This and I is thought, also what a it, category on Pornhub. <laughs> and I thought, what Woman is this? Woman builds tiny furniture. <laughs> what okay. is this? And so I went on, and it was actually rather soothing to just, she had some music on, but the angle, that's what was so interesting, is like the angle was right over her. Yeah, God. It's just like, it's it's just like, like a, some, watching somebody work at a, 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 you process something. Exactly. And yeah. so I had it kind of on in the background while I was doing other things on the computer, and it was oddly soothing and interesting oh, yeah. to watch it develop. Yeah. I've become obsessed with a guy whose YouTube channel is only him going usually for some sort of beautiful hike. Then he will, he doesn't talk much. It's just kind of beautiful. Then he'll come across a lake. He'll go fishing for a while. He'll catch something. Then he'll build a fire and then wow. he will cook himself a meal and then kind of sit out on the lake and eat it and be like, what a beautiful day. You know, how <laughs> long is this video? Is it like hours or is no, it just they're like- usually like 25, 30 minutes long. They're usually but it is it gives you a sense of like it is relaxing to watch someone, 
you know, not just prepare a meal, but catch and prepare a meal. I love that's that. impressive. And he's it's, not talking to you throughout it. He's not. I mean, every once in a while, he'll 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 say, you know, like, OK, so I've got the fish ready. These are the things I'm going to add to it. And, you know, it's it, it's pretty simple recipe, though. You know, he doesn't really it's not like a, a a narrative. He's not voiceovering a lot of stuff. Right. And you have this on and are just watching it or it's sort of on in the background. I will have it like on while I'm doing a jigsaw puzzle or something. Sometimes he has his Jason. like family with him. Sometimes he has a dog with him. Sometimes he has his daughter with him. And he's been doing it for years. And you watch her like grow up and fish with him. And it's incredibly compelling. Wow. Wow. Um, I did some research into ninjing as we were talking about our YouTube and Twitch uh, faves. And this is what I found out. Ninjas were stealth soldiers and mercenaries. Um, their primary roles were of espionage and sabotage. Uh, and now... Assassinations are often attributed to ninjas, but that is different. They didn't really do that. They were much more of uh, the people that would travel in disguise to other territories, judge the situation of the enemy. They would uh, they would get into the midst of the enemy, discover gaps, and enter castles and set them on fire. So they basically Did were. Did you say they were mercenaries or were not? They were mercenaries, like they were okay. for hire. Yeah, they so they're like, like a for a hire army, basically. Yes, they weren't for they weren't killing machines. Um, you know, so they were considered the anti-samurai. So yes. there you go. I see. So just a little background. Okay. So yeah, there. So now, but this man, we don't know. So I guess someone hired the ninja to kill the scientist, who seems to be very important because I know the president travels with uh, Secret Service. I've never known a scientist to travel with. He has Secret like six Service. armed guards with him. And that guy does not look like a scientist, by the way. And I'm sorry to stereotype. That guy looked too much like a jockey bro to be a scientist. In yeah, this movie. fuck you. Jocks can't be scientists. Get him out of here, you turds. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit confusing because I felt like he was giving off more of a presidential, a pompous air when they just revealed he was a scientist. Like you say, he's a governor or something like that. I thought he, he just, was, yeah, politician or something like that. Yes. seemed to me to be more within the within the category of person who has travels on the golf course with yeah. six armed guards. And then when you find out easily 50 minutes later that he was a scientist, I was like, why, who paid the ninja to assassinate the scientist? And, and, and they didn't, yeah. And they didn't say like, oh, he was a scientist working on the so-and-so vaccine, or he was the scientist no. who prevented the blank. They were like, he's a scientist. That's it. They call him the scientist. The other thing is he, um, you know, they have so many opportunities to just sort of escape and run away after that one person has been killed. But they proceed to kill everyone around them. Yes. Like, that's yes. what was so crazy. That whole sequence, that whole opening sequence was so brutal. Oh, yeah. It was really terrible. I mean, you don't ever see any blood, but. And there's a shot at the end of it of just so many bodies lying so many dead bodies. on the ground. Well, that's why later on it's crazy because the police department, I mean, I have so much to say about the police oh department, God. but later on, one of the cops is referencing that event and says something of about like, oh yeah, we wasted one of those professionals. I was like, no, you didn't. You like. I think 15 cops were killed. He it's, massacred your entire department. Your entire police and, force. And by the way, if I was a police officer in this precinct, the only thing I would be talking about for weeks on end was like, 
holy fucking shit. Yes. A fucking ninja you know, came in and killed 40 of our people. Guys, a ninja came in midday. We shot him conservatively 50 times and he didn't die. Die. He kept he coming back to life and killing more of us. Hang on, I'm just going to take these two women and go to the international spa <laughs> for a quick midday threesome? What are oh. the cops up to? Oh, I mean, for, first of all, who's filling out the requisition on the crashed police helicopter that also went down here, too? Uh, I mean, Oh, my God, this, that's right. By the way, that police helicopter scene is one of my favorite scenes because they clearly couldn't blow up a real... This is not oh, yeah. Christopher Nolan blowing up a 747 in Tenet. This is like... They, they, they show a helicopter kind of driving a little bit crazy, and then as soon as it passes over a ridge, huge yeah. explosions that we never see. Paul was like, are they going to have the money to blow it up? No, I immediately knew no way. I was like, there's no way they're going to show us this. <laughs> but I will say, like, even though this is the this is interesting because this happens to us a lot, even though I was absolutely never clear on the storyline of the movie. Yeah. In terms of who I was meant to be rooting for. What was happening actually? Whose interests were I meant? Was I meant to be following protagonist, antagonist, all this stuff? Characters that I didn't know who, like all the monks in the temple, good or bad, unclear. Unclear. You know, it, it seems so unclear. to me though that the person I want to root for is the female lead, obviously. Yes. Who's the aerobics instructor and works for the city as an electrician, but she's possessed by a a a spirit. That is causing her 50% of the time to kill innocent people. <laughs> I mean, look, so I, it was I very saw this hard as to be on board for her. I mean, look, I found this to be very similar to the relationship that Bill Murray has with Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. You know, she's a musician, she's playing in this thing. Zool comes in, it destroys the city, but like they got, like, I mean, because also uh, Billy, the cop, he's got that kind of Bill Murray energy. He's fun, he's really oh got God, so Billy much. For, he, he's that this movie rewards a stalker. <laughs> this movie, yeah. he stalks her. He gets her number from the file and calls her. He finds out that where she's going to go and shows up at her at her work workplace. He, you know, he is a stalker until she's finally like, all right. He fake arrests her. He goes, "You're yeah. coming with me," and then he like just to keep her around, and then it works. But I mean. I, I mean, this was just like dating in the mid 80s. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> then he finds a katana. He finds a like a samurai sword in her closet, her holding it in her closet. He just himself the day before killed a ninja and, and doesn't put they are. I, I mean, I will say the police are not very good at, at, at keeping track uh, at making connections. But I mean, even how- when he takes her to the exorcist and sees <laughs> I could talk for an hour about this scene, too. Even when he sees that she is possessed by a ninja, he tells her <laughs> it's nothing. He just, you know, hypnotized you, blah, blah, blah. She then goes no out. That's when she goes out and kills everybody at the funeral. That blood is on Billy's hands. Well, so here's what's crazy about Billy, too. If your timeline is correct, I think it is. He's just seen, I mean, how many of his coworkers, potentially his partners, yes. massacred in front of him by ninjas. Yes. And I believe it's either that day or the very next day he's showing up at an aerobics class of hers. Being fun and flirty, like no remorse yeah. whatsoever. When she is giving her, okay, he shoots, 
he shoots with an M16, the ninja guy, right? During yes. the day on the golf course. Okay. Then when, and, and, and she then, uh, 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 she then sees the ninja when she's at the top of the telephone pole, goes down, gets the sword, transfers the spirit, blah, blah, blah. She's then in the police department giving her statement. And the, then Billy comes up and is hitting on her. He just witnessed 15 of his brothers go down and he is just like flippantly flirting. He is a sociopath. Yeah, there's something very wrong with Billy. Well, there's also something very wrong with his back hair. Okay, oh. he. I had to look it up and he's not a Baldwin. He had, but he's so hairy like a much, Baldwin. He had so much hair. Was... No one who has that much hair should be wearing that kind of a cut of an undershirt. It was one of those, you know, um, like I don't even know how you describe him in a in an appropriate term. But it looked just like kind he of... was wearing a sweater, but he was in a white tank top. Yes, tank top. Yeah, that is like it is so hairy. It's so rough. It was so tough. rough. As a hairy man, was... I say that was tough. It was. It was. It was distracting. Is what it I'll was say. Really in a, distracting. In a way, though, that I was like, and I mean this because I I generally want to know this. Is it distracting now because we don't see hairy men anymore? Because even now in movies, men who have hair take it all off when they do shirtless mm. scenes. Great question. I mean, Jessica St. Clair and I talked about this. Like uh, from a, uh, our point of view, we either want to see like all the hair or none of the hair. Okay. But okay. It's, so, so it's the, so actually the most upsetting is sort of somewhere in between. But I think we did see all of the hair in this yes. movie, and it was actually way too much. This was all yeah. so, the hair. You know, this was this, this was, was all the hair in the world. Like but this was it, so. I did not look up all this. The hair. It was all he got. I think they put extra hair on him. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: when we look at a Baldwin, and we saw this with uh, that Meg Ryan movie, he it's matted. It looks almost like a bear pelt. Here, it was a little bit more spread out, and I think it, the unwieldy nature of the hair made it seem dirtier. Listen, it, it and I'm a hairy unkempt. guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to come in here judging like I'm some sort of hairless listen, who woman. amongst? Who amongst? I mean, listen, and I have all the hair. Okay. But, I got so all the hair. But has it just <laughs> become societally we are conditioned the I don't same think way so, Jason. That's that why if I'm gonna we push saw back. a movie from the 70s, a full bush seems anachronistic now that it would now. You know what no, I mean? No, uh, I think, by the way, I think full bushes are making a comeback. But thank I God. Also, especially especially in God. quarantine. Especially but, in quarantine. Oh, quarantine but, bush is very real. <laughs> and it's not talking about, <laughs> it's not talking about getting George W. Bush to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing i want to say about his hair is someone else could have had all that hair and also worn it in a different way there was yes. something about he the is color bland. of his skin yeah mm -hmm. his skin was pasty and then to see that hair spread out the way it was it was not right and i could it, not take my eyes off of it he didn't need to be in that tank the tank i think the, the tank, tank is was doing tough I think if he didn't have the tank on, we would have accepted the hair better. Here's it was what I'll that say. it was kind of hidden and coming coming out of the tank. It was. I think, was I think you can own. Song. I think you can own that hair. Well, it's yes. the same way. Like sometimes, if you have to do, if you have to do a sex scene, and they give you, they give you these weird like pasties to cover up your nipples. Sure. And it's almost more obscene to have yep. those on. I, yes. I felt the same way about his tank top. It's like, let's let her let's let her live. You and know, I let's... feel like the moment before they said action, 
he was saying to the director, are you sure I have to wear this action? And he was like, uh, you know, I feel like he I know, was my uncomfortable. Heart, my heart I, broke. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eat all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan & Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I do have a question about uh, this movie in general, too. Is there a mystery about him in this movie? Like, are we to believe that she does not know that he is the guy with the M16 because his face is in shadow? I mean, clearly he's the guy, but it's it's treated throughout the whole film as if She's not very clear yes, that he what is I the think guy. You're, yes, I think what you're saying is true. The movie is trying to put forward this idea that whenever she is confronted by one of the men that killed the ninja that now resides inside of her because he filled her empty vessel with vessel? ninja soul. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that for... <laughs> 
for him, whenever whenever the the bad ninja sees through her eyes, one of the guys that killed her, the guy with the cigar playing pool right. in his own house. He has oh my a full, full pool set up in his own house. Everybody <laughs> in this movie is making a lot of money. I mean, the amount of space they're getting in 1984 is giant. So whenever whenever the bad ninja, whenever Chris sees one of these guys, Billy's co-workers, and recognizes them like the bad ninja inside of her, like has a flashback to who killed him. Right. But what never, but you're right. They never show Billy fully illuminated until the very end of the movie when she realizes he was part of it. And that was what was weird about their first interaction. And the first time, like they had the V8, like, sex scene oh, was at wait, first I June, thought you can't I mean, say that casually I'm sorry we we'll gotta get, talk about this VA. we'll get into the V8 sex scene but but what was interesting and you said it before Jason like she immediately wants to fuck him after after he stalks telling her. him he stalks her and I don't I she says no she nothing repeatedly. to do with him so I thought oh it's not her right now it's the ninja who, I thought that too. Oh, you thought that ninja. too. I thought that at the, that fe- the that very first interaction fuck- when she yes. is comes out in the towel, I was like, "Oh, she's trying to seduce him so that she can get the." That's I get what's going on, and then, right, and of course, ninjas drink V eight. Well, when, I think that that is part of her life. We hear at one point when she goes for a psychological evaluation that she's obsessed with Japanese culture. That never comes up in dialogue or in any moment of the film. But we do hear two things from her. At one point, he's like, can I uh, buy a soda? And she said, I don't use soft drinks. I don't yes. use soft drinks. I, and then I noticed she, that as well. Yeah, and then she's like, but, I'll, but I have some V8 back in my house. I guess she's trying to be, I mean, that's like the health. And keep in mind, the scene that precipitates this, right? The, the scene that precipitates her and Billy's first getting together is he shows up at her aerobics class, Okay. He takes it, but it's really hard. And but she crushes it. Also, once again, like perfect. Like yes. I'm so happy to be watching people doing aerobics Ooh. and in those outfits. Oh it's God. the best. And in again, carpeted, carpeted floors and heavy yes. drapery. Yes. And 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 yes. what we're watching is these women doing these aerobics, and then Can these you men go to a gym, and they're being carpet, Car- heavy carpet, heavy drapes, <laughs> heavy drapes. You got it. You know, it soaks up the sweat. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: the men are working out on like uh, Nautilus machines, and they are like in in pain from how much weight they're lifting, and also in sexual ecstasy because they're getting to watch all these women work out and i need to play the song that was written for the movie the movie is called ninja 3 domination this is the song called domination i just want to break down some of these lyrics here uh devin here we go I mean, this is, I mean, this song is crazy. First of all, it's a song for a ninja movie. And it's like, there's a line in there. It's like, if every time you look in the mirror, you gross yourself out. If you're, 
if your sex that life is is like empty because you're in the kitchen, it's a really weird song. And I think the word ninja is also in there. Well, I mean, I guess it's meant to be uh, aspirational for the people taking the class, you know? Yeah, you know, yes. Don't, you know, this is motivational. I don't know. I couldn't make out some of those lyrics, but it did remind me I loved this scene. Because it oh, keeps tune. cutting back and forth between an aerobics class, a full aerobics class, and people working out on gym equipment that are in the same room. They're yeah. not yes. separated. The class isn't in a classroom, and the people aren't on the floor of the gym using machines. They're all crammed into the same space. Yeah, they're the in, machinery they have, section is also on carpet. They li- they literally have less room in that gym than uh, she has in her apartment. Well, oh. what's so crazy is what comes right after this scene is all of those men that they keep on cutting That's back what I was, to. Yes. Yeah, who are, sorry, Jason, who are watching, please, please. enthralled, and it's like staring at their these women's bodies as they're doing aerobics. Um, by the way, this also made me miss aerobics. Like, what a dumb fad that was just, it looks like fun, though. I'm like, I, I don't know what happened to it and why it stopped, but it looked like fun. Um but when they go outside, when I she feel goes like outside, the thing that has t- I feel like the thing that scratches that itch now are people who take like dance classes that are exercise based, you know? Right. Well, like but Zumba. now what they're doing is, well, Zumba has been around for a while, but now okay. what they're doing, I feel is like we're, we're going to do ballet or like Pilates ballet or, yeah. you like know, bar, and disguising it bar like method where it's like, we're, we're going to pretend we're not working out, but we are where there's something I appreciate about the 80s fitness fads, which were like, no, 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 we are trying to lose weight and we mm-hmm. are trying right. to raise our heart rates and jump around. Um, <laughs> lose weight, raise our heart rates and dot, 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 jump, jump around. around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the best it. way to do jump it. Jump up and get that's down. It. I mean, House of Pain had it right. So, By the way, I'm uh, my Peloton teacher teaches this kind of aerobics. I'm just in there. Really? Just do it. No, I, well, yes, actually, you're right. They do. There's a new Peloton class called Dance Cardio, but it's not and, this. I've taken that. If okay, somebody, if somebody That's were dance. smart, if somebody were smart at Peloton or one of those exercise places, mm-hmm. they would do a nostalgic '80s style oh my aerobics. God, I would love Although to do I suspect Emma Lovewell get out. on this. Get I on bet this they Emma would Love find Love. out that aerobics was somehow bad for you, like that it's bad for your knees or that it's not efficient oh. exercise. Hit cardio is terrible but for your knees. it's just cardio. I mean, it, it, it's just, you're just sweating and jumping around. Like, it, it, it can be no worse than going for a run. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And there's all those ways to modify it. But anyway... When they walk, when she, when Chris walks when, outside, the the whole class goes outside. Everybody. The whole class leaves. Every the, the class the, empties to an alley. Every building every empties to an alley. No one goes in a front door. <laughs> no one walks right. in the front door. This you're is right. a Los Angeles that is all alleys. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. All alleys, so, no Kates, no. Per- so- <laughs> <laughs> So she walks outside and all of those men who were pumping iron on the equipment are cornering a small woman. Yes. Cornering. Attacking. They are attacking her. To rape her. Ripping through her bag. They seem to be both wanting to rape her and wanting to rob her. Yes. Did they want to rob her? They were rifling through her bag at one point. So that's why I mentioned that. Okay. Okay. That's what I that's what I saw that too. I mean, there's a, and it's not just like it is. 
It is like seven men on one woman. And this is what I just want to bring as we talk about this scene, just back to the world that this movie is talking about. Maybe this is a world where people have no empathy because no one does anything. There's a group of the 20 people. The whole class just watches. Well, listen, I've always been suspect of gym culture in general. <laughs> okay, you get into it. <laughs> but this is What do like- you mean? This is this this class. There's probably 25 women there. There's not like I've never felt comfortable as a woman. <laughs> I have never <laughs> felt comfortable in gym culture. OK, OK. I always feel like there's a dynamic there. And I think we saw it play out where <laughs> the women are trying to discipline their bodies to be. That's why we're there to be pleasing to the male gaze and the men are there watching. And there's something about that dynamic and that exchange of power that has always so, felt very strange to me. And it also about, feels what about like something like a testosterone gym that is gone women. wild. Well, what about that's like curves? Fine. Oh, yeah. that's fine. I love curves. Never been okay, to so one. So you're not but... against exercise. You're not against. No, okay. I, you're... anything. I'm like an exercise junkie, even though I've not exercised once during this quarantine. But I you love are, exercise. You, you don't want the culture of going to the gym, going to those classes and, and being stared at. You want to just go to the gym I've in your I've never privacy. felt comfortable as a woman in a gym. Okay. And Got here's it. what I'll say. Because I... I also never feel comfortable in a gym, but it's only because it's disgusting. <laughs> I remember we talked about the gym. You know what I'm talking about. The one right over there. On yes. The, yeah. I, yes. Yes. That, well, now, you also went to the most disgusting gym. Yeah, but I've literally been to plenty of others. I, I've, I've Equinox tried, is not a disgusting gym. I've never tried an Equinox. At that oh, point, okay. I just gave up. But like literally I'm, gyms are a straight yeah, up barf. Inside um, and I will, out. I will say that uh, the gym that you both are referring to was my gym. Uh, and you know what? There's a lot of good buddies in there. We had a good culture. My gym rats would get in there. We'd have some good conversations. We'd There's play some something grab ass. about going into a gym where people are working out hard. Working out hard, hard in street clothes, not gym clothes. That is very unsettling to me. What well, did I? When I you mean, see people wearing like jeans, the only person I've ever seen do that was Shia LaBeouf. I was gonna say that's our that's our in, and I wasn't gonna say his name, but why not? Shia LaBeouf in in uh, cowboy boots, uh, yeah, doing a leg like press. Walked in off the streets and like started working out. It was cowboy funny. boots. Cowboy yeah. boots. That's his whole thing, man. He just walks into gyms. If he pa- he has a whole rule. If he passes a gym, he goes in <laughs> and he does a few in. sets. Do 20. Just do 20. Um, But here's the thing. We are talking about gym culture, but we also have to acknowledge there is a police officer present. Yes. Yes. Off-duty police officer Billy is watching as first one woman is almost raped and robbed. And then Chris is the only person who steps in. She is almost raped and robbed. And he's just standing in the crowd like, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, and he says okay, to so her, to "Go back to sorry, Paul, but to go back to whether the ninja that has uh, is in her vessel, whether that's a good ninja or a bad ninja, it's hard to know again because I think a part of what's happening in that moment is Chris deciding, like she's the moral barometer that we're we're looking to, but then it's also the ninja. Yeah, well, she suddenly mm. has the skill set of the ninja, yes. but in service of what she wants, which is to beat these guys up, versus." 
At other times, she goes into a blackout state and just only does what the ninja wants, like a That's Dr. True. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde scenario. It. You know what I mean? Because right, when she wakes so, up, she's like, I, I don't know what's going on, Billy. I don't remember hours at a time. And yeah, those hours, spoiler alert, are spent murdering. <laughs> so you're, we're, we're saying that this is more of a Matrix situation where she just kind of got plugged into ninja skills. She doesn't even know how she's doing it. But then when the ninja really takes over, he's blacking her out. Well, that's so what she's, it seems like she's saying. Each time... She, when he says, well, like when when Billy finally realizes what's going on and he comes in, he points a gun at her and he said, you killed all those people. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, she doesn't have any memory. Mm. She is like in a blackout state. Like, it's basically the ninja. It's basically Reagan in The Exorcist. She is taken over by the demon, you know, which is I think I thought you were going to say Reagan in his second term. Oh, like Reagan in his, center, <laughs> in his second term, just not knowing what's going on at all. <laughs> but it's it really is it speaks to like I feel like them trying to absolve Chris of any moral implications of the murders she's committing is to say she has no memory of the fact that she's doing them so she can't be held morally responsible for them because right. we want to root for her but then we watch her just murder genuinely innocent these aren't dirty cops she's murdering these are just the police well I do I do find this police department to to be a bit problematic but yes, yes. I, I i don't think they should be murdered but here's here's the thing i'll say it's so easily fixed if you make the ninja somebody that is getting revenge like someone who has been wrong we are watching a bad guy kill the people like it, it the core concept of it is so crazy like he deserved to be gunned down on that golf course like there's no reason why he wasn't gunned down i mean He's a bad guy. It's I don't know. Sorry. He's a bad yeah, ninja. I agree. I think guy. the guy inside of her is the villain. And then yeah, when we're rooting so for Patch, we think, oh, we realize, oh, this must be the best. He must be the good guy. He wants to put a stop to all this senseless murder. But then there's never once any exposition scene. Like there's there's the hint of it in the exorcism scene that is, uh, again, it just bananas when they, they chain her up and tie her up and she spins around and it is literally a, 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 a riff on like the exorcist, which is really funny. Um, he gives even the slightest hint of, you know, there's a story and that's when we get the flashback, but it really doesn't help us any further understand why these two ninjas hate each other, you know? We just understand that I like that he goes, the only way to do this is to go to Japan because that's the only person uh, who can solve this. Cut to the guy like getting off the plane being like, I'm already here. You don't have to go to Japan. Don't worry. Also, when he gets off the plane, <laughs> when I bet gets off the plane and he's met by monks from the temple, all <laughs> of them Japanese, they speak only English to each other. <laughs> Why? You are greeting friends at the airport. You are all native Japanese speakers. Why would you speak in English? It's crazy. They they went Hollywood, man. They went to Hollywood. That's it. Sorry, buddy. They're in Hollywood. They're just, you know, are they, is this like an actor's commune? That's what I kept on thinking. Like, are these ninjas in town to be like, you know, look, yeah, we are, you know, we have this temple outside of Culver City, but if we pick up a couple acting jobs, it's not a big deal. Like, oh, I had an under, I had an under five on Hill Street Blues. Oh, how did you get that? Can I go in? Can I meet your agent? Like, they're just, they're just ninjas trying to get work. That's my sitcom pitch. 1980s ninjas trying to get work in a, in a busy city. 
Yeah, I don't want to, because we've referenced it a couple of times, and I just don't want to let it pass us by without due diligence paid to her method of seduction to Billy when she gets him back to her apartment is she puts a pajama top on, Mm -hmm. sits on his lap, and then pours a six-ounce bottle of V8 on her neck so that it drips down into her cleavage. V8, for people who don't know, is a thick viscous oh, vegetable viscous. drink it's it's a tomato juice based drink that is Ooh, and, and when it, she pours it on herself i recoiled i was i mean like, what on earth is this this is gonna and, i can't this is gonna definitely give her some sort of uti uh sure. but also but also here's the thing like he doesn't seem to like v8 like she's the one hoisting v8 on him like he likes the soda so like why would he want to be like, oh, now I got to lick this? Like, it's like you're guess putting what, something guess I don't what I like. I don't want to lick off of a woman's body. Like, like eight mm. vegetables blended <laughs> into a juice. And then I want to kiss that mouth. Do you really want to like, I, like, like all tomatoey in bed? Oh. Like, like there's just, do you think she was trying to cover for the fact that she was having her period? <laughs> oh, oh. Do you here's, think, here's, well, that's what I think that they were going for, that it was going to look like blood. Yeah. That it was going to look like blood. It seemed to me, because I had that same instinct, but I was like, but that would make sense in a vampire movie. You yeah, know, that's yeah. what I wrote, too. To it's for not a someone vampire to pour movie. red juice down their neck. That's like a vampire like uh, uh, riff. But but this is a ninja movie. So why? But and by the way, like, it should be the other way. It should ultimately be the other way. She should have poured it on him and licked it off. like Because she's more of an they animal. Tried that, Paul, but the hair. Oh uh, <laughs> no no no! By they the way, I would say so they kept yeah. pouring it, and it just kept soaking in. Oh, <laughs> it, just, oh. it just didn't work. <laughs> oh, it's just like we can't see the V eight. We can't see the V eight. We lost the V eight again. The camera's not picking up the V eight. Really, guys, really, we're more not going to lie to you. You've probably got over a gallon of V eight somewhere trapped in the hair of your body. You've got to be. You've got to be careful. <laughs> Off camera, someone with like a, like an oil can drum of V eight just. Glug, 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 guys, glug, we glug, need glug. we need a wet dry vac for Billy. We got we got to get some of this V eight out of it. <laughs> The V8 scene. His chest, the V8 his chest scene looks was, like Bozo the Clown's like wig now, just red. <laughs> it was clearly meant to be so sexy, like so, like like nine and a half weeks level sexy. But it was the choice to have it be V8. I found confounding. It was yes. really, really wild. I mean, the thing n- is, if they were going for like a red kind of color, the V8 it doesn't, even though it's tomato based. The color of it is so off-putting. Yes. No, it's it looks sort like of there's a brown like little, red. It also looks like there's pieces of things in it. Like when you blend up a juice, like you're going to get some pulpy elements to it. There are some pulpy elements as it oh, was going down like, her chest. It's thick Ooh. and viscous. It's not like it Please will, stop it saying will viscous. also, it's going to stain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. stain <laughs> the, the couch, the bed. No, no, no. Billy's going to lick that shit up <laughs> Toots, here's the thing that's so hilarious <laughs> is like I think part of the reason V8 exists is because people at this time did not eat vegetables, and so there mm-hmm. was like a whole well, thing. 
about yes. like you can have a V8. I should have oh. had a V8 was the thing, which is to say like I'm so malnourished because I don't <laughs> trust vegetables because I'm a fucking moron in the 80s that V8 was like, have a V8. It gives you Listen, all the vegetables. I grew up around this the time of V8, which I know all three of us probably did. And th- this movie was evocative in that way. Like at one, there was so much disgusting eating. Like at one point she's eating yo play. Oh yeah. That Ugh. looked so gross too. And this was a time like I remember every time I sat down for dinner, a giant liter of like Coca-Cola was placed in the middle of the meal like i don't think i had a glass of water till i was 18 years old i remember i would get a bowl of cheerios and i was allowed to put one spoonful of sugar yes sugar sugar that's into the bowl no questions asked yep stir it up that was like normal oh yeah that was like a snack my dad made crepes for me and every crepe that he would make he would take sugar pour it in the center and then roll it up. So it was basically a tablespoon. At least you got like real food. Like I didn't even get anything that came from the ground or the earth until I was, I feel like 18 years old. I mean, look, I I mean, my, my, look, I had some crazy things going on with food, but yeah, food was never really an issue. I will say that my drink of choice was V8 as a kid. Whoa. Ew. Yeah. What? Oh, I loved it. Loved oh, it. I think loved V8 it. is Paul. a straight Disgusting. Barf. Oh, no, no, no. And clamato juice, even better. Well, that's good for a Bloody Mary. I would drink it without but can you ima- Mary. Still, can you imagine somebody pouring a Bloody Mary over their body and being like, come get it? No, I'd be no. like, I'll see you never. <laughs> I think I thought like I think just I thought chopping seductively was... on a celery stock. I mean, what <laughs> the <laughs> fuck are we doing? Oof, oof, oof. I mean, now if, if she so now gross. if he was a bartender, I could get this. Like, oh, he's got to be pulled in by like a good mixer or something like that. <laughs> oh my like, god! I can't believe you drank V8. I'll never oh, get over that. That is I loved fascinating. It. Loved What's it. What's there loved to it, love? It. You didn't love it. There's nothing to love about it. Oh, it's got like a tang to it. I mean, it's, Ew. It's every. Every Ew. reason that I hated that sex scene is why I love V8. I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have a nice cold V8. Wait. It would come in a can. And so you'd have you to did pop it. So thing. you weren't, were you turned on? Because that's like a hot woman no. and V8. Were you turned on by that? No, I don't want that. I don't want to mix those two pleasures. Do you have a V8 Glad fetish? Glad to hear it. What? I don't have a V8 finish. I want to keep it in a glass and I want to keep it in my gullet. That's the only place I want V8. I don't want to lick it off anything. June, I know I'm going to need you better. to open Paul's bedside table and see if there are any tiny V8s in there. No, All right, it's guys, okay. He just, wants it, he just wants it in his vessel. Uh, this is this is how I would do my V8. Can I just give you my V8 recipe? And, and All right, this is what I would do. Uh, I come home from school, crack open a V8. I'm so upset. Take Tabasco, hit it like four or five times of Tabasco in there. What the fuck? And then... And then sprinkle pepper on the top, and then I'd stir it up with a uh, <laughs> with a celery stalk, and and that would be like my after school treat. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you treat? like? A, <clears throat> do you, did you think you were like some sort of like <laughs> ad man from the sixties? Okay, but this is why you Paul, drank. The you came over why. class when everybody else was making like chocolate milk bagels, cream and cheese, root beer floats, Diet and pizza Coke. bagels. You were having like a spicy <laughs> tomato-based vegetable drink. 
I mean, I would really get it real spicy too. I, you know, because I could kind of make it my own way. You know. Oh, you are so odd. You are so so strange, my man. You are. Then I'd so watch very old episodes strange. of the Mike Douglas show, and you know the reason why. By the way, one of the things that one of Paul's first foods ever, the first I think solid food he ate was shellfish. Clams, clams, and clams. I'm sorry. So clams, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what led you to having that strange, like bloody, you know, Virgin Bloody Mary, because yeah. your palate is so off. How oh yeah, you- I mean, I would, I mean, I would eat like cocktail sauce, but with crackers. I mean, like, let's get to it. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's that what. I, I, cocktail sauce and crackers yeah I, I would i would give anything to be currently to walking it. into the first ever like like adult party you hosted to see what you put out on the table <laughs> sorry paul i just dipped this ritz cracker into what i believe is cocktail sauce is yep. that what we're doing I would, I would use oyster crackers, but yeah, uh, absolutely. So you come home from so a it's long day at school. Based. You come home from a long day at school and you're, are you passing like yo-yos, Malamars, all that type of jazz and mm. going right to your V8 cocktail, mocktail? We didn't really have like sugary cereals in the house and stuff like that. Like I think we'd had some Entenmann's and I would definitely, I would do that. My grandma had a lot of like country time lemonade. So I would do that occasionally too. I I'd do okay. some scoops of country time. Um, but yeah, but I, like if I had my druthers, I felt really like this is my special drink. But was this that, like a spe- did you feel like, and maybe this is like, did you feel like that's an adult's drink? Like, was there I'm a part sure, of it that you're like, I'm mixing a drink? Yes. I'm sure there's a James Bond element. Well, I was a loving James Bond when I was a kid. So I feel like there was okay. something about it that felt like You were like, like let's, an- I got to take a load off. Would you also come home and take a, put on a tiny tuxedo? I mean, yeah, I would and play back a rat in your front room. <laughs> I mean, I did carry a concealed weapon on me all the time as a kid, a concealed toy weapon. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Wait, what? What? A concealed toy weapon? Where? What are you like, talking about? And what was the weapon? <laughs> What was the what was the weapon, toy or not? It was well, a little you like not say conceal. <laughs> You cannot say concealed toy weapon. That makes no sense. <laughs> and, and where would you conceal it? Because as a child, you don't have much space. It's a great question. I would put and it, also, I would there's put it no in my weapons bag. made as toys that are meant to be concealed. <laughs> Or they're well, meant to be actual functional weapons. Well, like, I mean, because I had a bunch of guns when I was a kid, you know, so I would put the gun in, uh, behind oh, my Magnum back. Magnum PI style? Yeah, like, so I put it behind my back, like, in my underwear, like, like so it would be like, a little bit between my pants and my underwear. Like, that's where it would kind of live. And you would go to school like that? No, 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 not school. Oh. Just after so, school. But would you wear a coat over it so that people couldn't see the gun? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't... Because- I understand because that's how Magnum PI used to carry a gun. And so anytime I would carry a gun, uh, had a toy gun or whatever, I would always do the same thing. Put it in the back like Magnum PI. Yeah, exactly. You're right. But you're saying like you carried it like that's what you went to school doing. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like I would say I did it a lot, but it wasn't like habitual. Like I didn't do it like every single day. And I would never bring it to school because school had to wear a uniform. And although uh, the... uh, 
you know, the uniform would have covered it up really good. <laughs> but because uh, oh I had to wear God. a jacket, I did have to wear a jacket. Holy but shit! I, I, I liked oh. having like holy shit. <laughs> that is the idea. The idea oh of you God. relaxing at home with, with a, a toy gun toy tucked weapon. into the back of your belt, <laughs> drinking a spicy V8 is absolutely a T-shirt. <laughs> is without a doubt a T-shirt. Like that is oh crazy. God, a baby Paul Shear James Bond <laughs> with oh. a little gun. Oh man. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Holy cow, that's funny. Yeah, oh that was uh, that was yeah. I mean, um, that was what was going on in my house. Um, so, but I, I will say that that sex scene was. I mean, am I wrong to say that that sex scene was kind of sexy before the V eight came out? I felt like it was kind of no, like building. I, yeah, building I, I would agree. I was shocked when the V eight came out, and um, especially because she had know, said, "I have a V eight at my." Didn't she say to him, "I have a V eight at my yeah. house." She did say that. Would you it come was back that to my house in for this V8? era? Was that like synonymous with like Netflix and oh, chill? Interesting. <laughs> Do you interesting. Like I've got a V8 at my <laughs> house. Is code for want to get freaky. Oh, God. <laughs> it's also like, do you want? Do you honestly want like a V8 sloshing around inside of you? Like, Ew. of course I, not. To use, course are you suggesting? Not. Of course, are you suggesting, Jim, that they were using V8 as lube? <laughs> oh no, no, no. no. I'm just saying, like, the feeling of, like, I, I've actually never, I think I've only had a sip of V8, and I thought it was oh, disgusting. Oh, June, let me, get, let me bring some into the house. Oh, God. Paul. Please let me bring some into the house. No. I'll, you know, I love a Bloody Mary, but I, I could never drink a V8 on its own. That's disgusting. Yeah, never. But I'm just saying the feeling of being heavy and full with a V8, like, that's <laughs> a gross feeling to yeah. have. yeah. It's like, I, I can't imagine, like, the V8 is supposed to be a meal supplement, right? Correct. It's supposed to give you, it's like oh, a really, school drink. It would be like bringing someone home and being like, hey, why don't you, why don't you pour this insured down the front? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Or like, I'm just going to quickly have a cottage cheese. Yeah. Like, no, I'm no, just yes. gonna, disgusting. I'm going to throw a thick yogurt on your tits oh. and go to town on you. Disgusting. <laughs> I've got Greek yogurt coming and going. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, it's all those disgusting 80s things. Like watching her eat that yogurt. As someone gross. who sees my kids eat yogurt, it, it was grosser in that little container. Oh, the yolk plays. And she's disgusting. eating the yogurt sitting atop Billy's desk at the police precinct. Yeah, she gets why really comfortable on that a desk. Yogurt there. Why? Why? And she's just hanging out there, like sitting on the desk. Here's a question about Chris. Do you think Chris wants to be a full time aerobics instructor and is just doing? repair work on telephone wires to pay the bills or do such you a think good question is she happy with her career and the aerobics is just a, like a side Ooh, you know what happened what happened in that moment when um when billy comes to visit her at work to tell her that he can't hang out with her that night and then she's like okay yeah and then she jumps in the in the no uh, idea and the no telephone idea what happened there. and then drives away and her partner's like hey hey Chris, I Chris. think what happened is she wanted to kill him. Oh, like and her so she ninja, went home to the dance. ninja. She had to so dance she, it off. She had to dance yeah. it off. Okay, that might be it. right, actually. Yeah. 
Huh. So she's really got to shake it off like Taylor Swift style every time she sees somebody because it's almost like she's like those guys at the gym. She's like, can't control it. She's got to go. She's got to go now. <laughs> Listen, when I saw Chris's hair, it was one of the things I was thinking of her hairdo, which is sort of a sheet of bangs going downward toward her forehead and then another sheet that's up. That was um, that was every girl I went to high school with. So, okay. So it was like a I, claw of bangs down <laughs> and a so claw of bangs bang up. up. There's a now at the time, Jason, from a man's perspective, did you see that? And you were like, oh, that looks great. Oh, my God. I was like that like hip because that she I don't know what year this is, but that her 84. Okay. So that style, right? Her look is the look that was popular when I hit puberty. Right. right? So th- when I am like aware of sexuality and being attracted to women and blah, 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 this is the look that was ubiquitous, you know, right. which is, you know, it's flash dance. Like she's really very obviously in this movie modeled after that character. Mm-hmm. But that look of bangs and like bangs going down, bangs going up, was so ubiquitous and there's a my friends and I went to the movies once and the girls came out of the bathroom and they were laughing so hard and it was a joke that remained popular amongst our group of friends for years because they'd been standing at the mirror and there was just a girl spraying her hair bangs up and saying ah my hair is so flat like she just Uh. kept saying that her hair was so flat even though it was like sticking up like a crate it's it's it is the craziest look. I don't know why it took off. I will say I didn't notice anything weird about it. I, I am the same way with Jason. I didn't know. I was like that. Yeah, like I, I think that that's attractive because I think I all the you movies think I saw and all attractive. I mean, I think like it's a weird thing. It's like I don't view it as like oh that's so old. I, it's like oh that reminds me of yeah, a look in a like exactly what Jason the same said. way yeah. that I would feel about. Um, the same way that I would feel about like it's 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 a dated hairstyle. The same way that like somebody if somebody cut their hair in the Rachel right now, I would yeah. still think it attractive because I remember at the time it being an attractive thing and everybody it's did it. Literally the worst but cut it is ever. Terrible looking. It's terrible. It's it's it is terrible looking. It makes looking. no sense. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think like in almost every way, shape and form, like we've been shown over and over again in pop culture to not cut your hair. I mean, Felicity is, is the er text of this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, so I mean, sad. I, listen, I tried to get I never could get two layers of bangs. So I just did like one sort of one side bang, one up. Yeah, yeah. One up. And then everything else, you know, sort of fell around it. But um, yeah, it was just crazy looking at that hair. I was like, can can white ladies even still do that? Like, it looks so foreign to me. Is it it's even also still possible? Got so much volume oh, and body. so much volume. It's it's also huge on her head. You know, but like- here's the weird thing about it: it's huge on her head. But I feel like, unlike Billy's hair, if you got in close to her hair. It would. There wasn't actually a lot of hair there. It sure. looked like cloud-like. Yeah, it's an illusion. Oh wow! So she, she's like wisping it up. Like so, she's cotton candying her hair here. <laughs> it looked like it, whereas his was so thick. I mean, I think she's a very attractive woman who has a a, a bitchin' hairstyle. I don't understand oh, how she's she got gorgeous. it under. The, 
Yeah, I don't understand that she got it under that ninja hood. Because that ninja hood, that hair is not going to look great. Like, I feel like that would have been the dead giveaway. Like, ninja hat head. Like, she would <laughs> it would have been a little bit scrunchy. <laughs> you just can't take off a ninja cowl oh and look good. God. Now, by the way, this movie does start to meander a little bit. The movie is only an hour and 32 minutes. But by the time we get to this final battle sequence. Um, in an abandoned house. In an abandoned house. Uh, one of the best sequences of the entire film is here at the end when basically the the old ninja comes back to life. Uh, his spirit goes back into the two ninjas are fighting. And then this ninja starts spinning like a top, goes into the earth, and then creates an earthquake to which the other ninja is like holding on for dear life because he's like ratcheted something around a tree. And he's holding on. I mean, this... This movie is bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. And our two main characters who we've been watching the entire movie, what do they do in the third act? Watch. Yes. They sit on the sidelines. They stand like they're looking at a Thanksgiving Day parade float. <laughs> yes. They don't yes, even look like, impressed by it. They just kind of look like, oh, that's a thing. Sidelined. They are fully sidelined. And, and the two ninjas then go and have, they chase each other. They have a fight inside of an abandoned house where they go jumping between floors. They're able to punch through walls. They're able to, like, their strength and their abilities are enormous, but are so minimized by the fact that they're just in, like, the shell of a suburban home, which was very <laughs> strange to me. Um, but it was, like, Billy and Chris, you really are, like, they're not even watching the action. They're still in the temple. You know, yeah, they're just around. So I don't weird. even understand who's who. Who is this movie about? You know. Well, this is you know. I did a little bit of research, or I should say, Nate Kylie did a little bit of research here, and he found out that apparently the ending was uh, reshot. Um, the original theatrical version uh, was so basically it finished the movie and it wrapped, and the whole idea was that she was going to become the ninja. That was what the whole end was going to be. Um, hmm. So. Uh, they decided to bring back the ninja instead and make her kiss Billy. Uh, and she said she didn't like that. She said, because why would he want to kiss her? He, she's murdered all of his friends. Uh, she thought that was weird. And she wanted to be the black ninja because she felt like by killing that other ninja, she would have completed her character's transition from the beginning uh, of the film. So she was looking for the, the character arc that she was now going to become the most evil person in the world. By the way, a far more compelling storyline totally. for her. You know, yeah. especially totally. if, and forgive me because we haven't talked about it yet, but if this steps on anything you're about to talk about, Paul, but this is Ninja 3. So, like, I'm assuming this is part of a series, so why not set her up to be the big bad, the villain of next the next Ninja Four, where she now is I, in full control of her powers, that's that would be I, cool to me. It would be so much fun to have this American Ninja and then Warrior. Uh, oh boy, there we go. We what talk a great about that show. all day. Um, uh, but basically, what happens is he goes off. The director and the writer go off to make American Ninja just without her. Hmm. Which is a bummer because I thought she was really, really good, and and she was. Oh, so there is like, a sequel to this American Ninja. Well, I mean, here I, they're not. We're not a sequel, but like a just, spiritual sequel, right? Because like this um, director has directed a ton of ninja movies: Revenge of the Ninja, American Ninja, 
Avenging Force, American Ninja 2. Uh, he also directed all the sequels to Delta Force, American Samurai, Cyborg Cop, Cyborg Cop 2. Um, and then yeah, he really has uh, has kind of cornered the market on ninja films. I mean, that Sam honestly sounds like a year's worth of How Did This Get Made episodes. <laughs> I mean, they really are. I'm like, I'm, one of his movies is called Spiders 2 Breeding Ground. Another one's called Motel I feel Blue. Like, I feel like we should dedicate, like, we should do a film festival of this guy's movie. We should basically do, like, a blank check version of our show where we go, like, all right, Sam Furstenberg, he made uh, American Ninja 3. Like, let's get into it. Um, all right, well, I feel like we have, we've talked about a lot. Um, obviously, we have an opinion about this movie, but there are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit Yet this person recommends it Tell me what is the message Maybe that art is subjective I need a second opinion These are five-star reviews Cold from Amazon. Thank you, John Lejoie, for that awesome theme. Uh, 297 total reviews. Um, 79% are five-star reviews. And I think the reason why this is so highly uh, reviewed is because people actually love it. And I think this movie is also one of those cult films that people love to watch in a group situation. I never heard about this until Avril brought it to my attention. She like emailed me late one night and was like, guys, this is the movie for you. Um, and uh, and she wasn't wrong. But here's uh, just a, a sampling of reviews. This is from Amy M. Gusty. She writes, I really like this movie. I was searching for this movie ever since I was eight years old, and now I finally found it, and I can't get enough of this DVD, and it's great. Can you imagine searching all the video stores all over Alaska just for one movie? 31 years looking for this movie, and now I am very happy. And top it off, you can either watch this movie on Blu-ray or regular DVD. You get two choices, <laughs> way better than VHS. And you don't have to wait. You just turn on your TV and wham, it's on. So good. You'll keep on going back to your favorite parts of the movie. And I'm 39 years old, and I still can't get enough of this movie. I'm still a kid at heart. Amazing. I don't wow. disagree. I mean, it sounds like it's. It, first of all, I've never heard anyone sing the praises of having a DVD and a Blu-ray. Like, like, do you have like? I, I guess she has multiple I players wish I'd around seen the house. This movie as a kid, this would this would have been amazing. I know. Um, this is a uh, one from Ramaki Boyd. Uh, he writes, "I know this is an old movie, but I love it. It reminds me of when my mother took us to see it in a theater that no longer exists more than twenty years ago. I bought it for nostalgia. FYI." Both the Blu-ray and DVD play in the PS4. Oh my god! What is? <laughs> why is this what part of fuck? it? I don't know why people are so excited about a Blu-ray and DVD. This one from Courtney <laughs> is just um, this movie will make you cream your shorts. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree, but I'm also um, very lonely. Uh, and then this one is um, uh, written by a ninja. Apparently, if DVD technology was ever created for one purpose, it was to digitize the VHS version of this film. Uh, yes, I call it a film because to call it a movie is to ignore its place in the collective development of any 80s teenager. 
My only gripe is that the bad ninja lost. I love bad ninjas. If Obama really wanted to get my vote in 2012, he'd nudge some of that stimulus money towards HD, nay, a 3D version of this film. That would be a change I could believe in. Five stars. (laughs) Uh, Written written a little bit in jest, but also people really are obsessed with the transfer to DVD. People are really consumed by it being like updated and playable on modern technology. And then it's like, let's even bump it up more. Let's get it in HD. I don't even want the Blu-ray anymore. Um, All right. So Ninja 3 of the Domination came out in September of 1984. Uh, The tagline was, he's the ultimate killer. She's the perfect weapon. We don't know what the budget was. The opening weekend was $1.7 million, which is not bad. And the domestic gross was $7.6 million. Oh, that's amazing. Considering if you watch this, this this movie was shot like a Star Trek episode. Like it's all either interiors or like yes. just wild space outside of, you know, L.A. County. So it's just, really it must have yeah. cost like I'm going to say a million dollars to make. There's nothing in this. Well, this movie oddly is profitable because the top three movies of 84 are Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom and Gremlins. And this movie. Oh, wow. It, it beat Runaway, the Tom Selleck movie that we did, hmm. and Body Rock. It was beaten by Rhinestone and, and Streets of Fire, but it, you know, it it did pretty good. It came in 105th place of all the movies released that year. And for a movie with that makes me feel even weirder that I've never heard of it. No I mean, more to, have I ever heard of Ninja One or Two. Frankly, I mean, we got to get into this uh, the canon films here. Um, I, I think I know what everyone's gonna say, but uh, let's go around the horn. Do you recommend this movie, June? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a great, this was a really fun movie to watch. And I was so nervous at the beginning and I thought it was going to be so painful. And um, it really, it it went down a lot easier than I expected. Like a nice glass of like V8 a nice with a splash of Tabasco. <laughs> uh, a little salt and pepper. Yeah. And a celery Just, stick. Let me, let me add some pepper. Oh, I love putting pepper in there, giving a little bit more of a kick. Um, I'm just picturing you like that scene in Freaks and Geeks where Martin Starr goes home and watches the dick. uh, um, What is he watching? Not my. He's watching. No, it's not the Tonight Show. He's watching Shandling, right? I'm a yes. I'm a hard yes on this movie. I think I think it's a fucking blast. I think everybody's fantastic. I think she's terrific. Everybody else is like a real character acky, pulpy, actory kind of pulpy, great, uh, great actors. I love um, the actor who plays the guy who's trying to exercise the demon out of her, who's been in oh, like so a great. million Everything. movies. Oh, he's so great. He was so great. Like James Hong. Yes, he's wonderful. This movie had no business being as good as it is. I thought it was going to be a real mess, and it was fucking a blast. And I want to call out especially. The score, the synth yes. kind of driving score. I love that 80s synth. Fucking I love great. that 80s synth. It got its own credit. It says synth score by. Yeah. Like, yes. As if it's like, it's not a score. It's a synth score. Yes. And, I was like, and yes. it's like very reminiscent of like the old John Carpenter kind of synthy kind of driving yes. propulsive scores that he used to do. And I'm assuming that's what they were trying to ape as a result. But I mean, you know, the way that like all these movies, the way that canon, the way that these guys were kind of 
taking all the tropes from what was successful at the time and combining them into these like nonsense movies. This one worked and it was a I loved this. I had a blast. I totally agree. I highly recommend this movie. And I think there's something about the canon group that the the movies that they made had a level of schlock, but fun to them. It's almost like they understood that movies were like a party and they should be like, who cares? As long as it like made, you know, made you forget about everything for 90 minutes. It's like every one of their movies is uniquely you know, they're not great movies, but they're enjoyable to watch. They're all so much fun. And uh, yeah, and like, again, I did not know what to expect in this movie. I was a little bit nervous that we were going to go into Ninja Terminator territory. But it was, it just from, you know, from T to B, from top to bottom, this movie really just delivered. I, I love it. Even though it really doesn't make any sense. Even no, though I don't, no I couldn't plot. tell you what the plot was. I still enjoyed it immensely. I oddly am committed to these characters, even though I don't know what their motivations or goals are. And I think that's the sign of a good screenwriter and good acting, by the way. Great yeah. acting. Um, just so you guys know really quickly, Lucinda and Jordan, that's uh, Christy and Billy. They remain friends. And they became very good friends on the set. And I think that you can see them a lot on the Comic-Con circuit because they get a lot of questions about this film. Oh, funny. And Lucinda, if you want to see more of her, check out Breaking 1 and Breaking 2, which she shot uh, in between these. I mean, she basically shot one, all three back to back to back. She was the canon go-to girl. Only had only a week to learn all of her martial arts. Um, All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. A big, big episode. Uh, Jason, June, want to talk about anything? Anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, I just want to say again, thank you to all of the healthcare workers on the front line of COVID-19 who are showing up every day. And uh, I'm just so appreciative and just a very special shout out to all of those people who are working so hard right now to to help and to take care of people. And I I was thinking today about all the trauma so many doctors and nurses have gone through in the last couple months. Um, So I'm thinking about those people and, and people who have, who have lost loved ones and um, yeah, just a special, a special word of, of just, sincere thanks to everyone who is out there fighting this and taking care of people who are suffering from it. That's all. Yeah. I, I, I echo, I echo those sentiments and I think similar a little bit to what I said a few weeks ago, I will say one of the things that for me is helping me get through this, you know, uh, weirdly, uh, you know, uh, uh, trapped in my house kind of, alone time is getting to talk to you guys like this on for this or i've been able to do um you know other podcasts uh that are that are podcasts that for me are also things that i love to listen to because i love a lot of ways that i think that people are excited to hear us getting together to talk about something to take their minds off of this the there are podcasts that function that way for me uh i was recently on an episode of doughboys or binge mode, or uh, Francis Quinlan from Hopalong has a YouTube show where she interviews someone while she draws a portrait of them uh, called Francis Quinlan Quick Drawl, <laughs> a Quick Drawl with Francis and Friends. 
By the um, way, and Jason, we had our big crossover episode uh, last week as well, which is how did this get made met up with how did this get played? Yes, And we, we did. talked about Street Fighter, the movie, the video game. So you can yep. listen to that. If you've never listened to that show, that's our sister show with uh, Heather Campbell and Nick Weiger. Super fun conversation really with me and Jason. Really great fun conversation. And that's what, like, honestly, that's what's kind of keeping me going is being able to both talk to my friends and talk to other people who I love to talk about, about the stuff that I love. Um, but then also I've been listening to podcasts that I think are terrific that I have nothing to do with. Um, and I'll just shout out specifically Andy Daly has a new podcast called Bananas for Bonanza that is making me laugh, cackle laughing in my house, like hilariously. And um, there's a podcast called The Secret History of Hollywood that um, is an amazing podcast. And one of the things that I like about it is especially right now in this time where, you know, we have so much unfettered time at our hands. A lot of us, some of us, um, their episodes are some of them are like three hours long or four hours long. And it is the season that he's just done is a deep dive into Val Luton, who is like a producer in the 30s and 40s of uh, horror movies and uh, was a real fixture of Hollywood in the golden age of Hollywood uh, as a producer um, and this next season that he's about to do is all about Cary Grant, which I'm very excited about. So um, that is the secret history of Hollywood. And I think it's fantastic. I echo everything that you guys are saying. And uh, my heart goes out to everyone who is going through this really challenging time. I mean, whether you are still quarantining, whether you're reopening America, I, I think I've talked to so many people who also are just really stressed right now. And I think the only thing I can keep on saying to people who are either alone or feeling like they're overwhelmed or whatever is to reach out to your friends. Cause that has brought me the most joy in this, you know, whether it's a weekly phone conversation, whether it's just getting around to play a bunch of Jackbox games, whatever it is, I find that like, it may take a little energy and effort to get to like, Oh, I got to motivate to do this. But I think you'll feel so much better if you are feeling that anxiety and, you know, and it takes your mind off of everything that is, kind of going on. Um, I also want to recommend that, you know, if you love your small businesses, support them, whatever they are. And that's one of the reasons I did this show for Marvel called uh, Marvel Presents the World's Greatest Book Club, where we're bringing attention to local comic book shops. And Jason's on this week's episode. We go into a very deep dive of comic book shops and comics. And you don't have to be a comic fan to listen to the show. It's kind of just like a book club where we recommend great books for you to check out. And what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks is actually talking to store owners uh, and we've got some great uh, interviews with like store owners all around the country. So that's been really uh, fun for me. And as always, I continue to give uh, a daily movie pick on this community app thing that I'm on where you can text me and I'll text you a movie pick every day. Uh, and it's 917-877-0657. Uh, that's all I got. A big thank you to uh, Cody, our producer, and Devin, our engineer, uh, who are both working their butts off at Earwolf right now, just killing it to make all these shows go out the door. July Diaz, who is the unsung hero of this uh, mix. Molly Reynolds, who helps put these shows together uh, in, in a lot of big ways. And then, of course, Avril Halley for finding the films. Nate Kiley for doing all the research. The ghost of Craig T. Nelson for all of his amazing photoshops. Follow him on Instagram. And, of course, Kyle Waldron for doing great photoshops. You see popping up on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter on How Did This Get Made. Uh, so thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.
Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. We have big feelings for Fridays. Is it because Fridays also mean free fries at McDonald's? Free McDonald's fries. It's okay if you need a minute. Free Fries Friday. Get free medium fries with any $1 purchase. Valid one time on Fridays through 12-31-24. Average to spend McDonald's. Excludes tax. Must opt into rewards.